Welcome to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement. If you're out there going and thinking in your mind, I'm one of those people, I'm fearing that I'm going to run out of money. The best thing you can do is build a plan. There's, there's no way to truly know if you're in danger of running out of money until you actually put together a plan. Now, your host, Paul Durso. Well, welcome. My name is Paul Durso here with Charlie Bowers. And uh, this is our very first repodcast of our first pod. No, not What re- is a repodcast? That is I a made up word. Okay. Are well, you okay with that? I'm not going to delete it. But we have uh, redesigned our podcast, and this is the very first show, which is going to be a really good show. It's, it's called uh, Financial Diseases. And that is a good thing because we've got a doctor in the house that's going to help us talk about financial diseases. But, you know, financial diseases, that just sounds like negative. Now, don't, whole- don't sidestep where I'm going here. I'm, I'm going to talk about the fact that, me? yes, uh, that you're the doctor in the house here that's going to help us walk through financial diseases. Well, if I can get a financial disease myself, I want it to be sudden wealth syndrome. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so we'll work all, on all of our clients here, you know, you're just $2 away from sudden wealth syndrome. So in, in light of all the heavy disease conversation that we're going to talk financially later, let's open up with a, a very bit of good personal news on your front. And I want to highlight the fact that you are a, realistically, you may not know this if you've been listening to us for a while, but Charlie Bowers is or does have his doctorate degree or no PhD, PhD, PhD not doctor. Well, that's a doctorate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's from what university? The university of South Carolina. That's the, the Harvard of the South. The Harvard of that. the South. Absolutely. Not, not Harvard, the Harvard of the Harvard South. Harvard of the South. That was a compliment to Harvard right there. Well, I think it is too. Well, that's great. And as we talk through the rest of this show and begin talking about financial diseases, it is some tough conversation that we're going to get into. We're making light of it calling each one of these aspects a disease. But the reality is every single thing that we're going to talk about in today's show is real. And it is something that people do deal with, although they're not diseases, they're well, state of mind. People are suffering from, yeah. you know, what, what we're calling these diseases. So here. what's the first one, Charlie? Oh, you just want me to say it because these do. medical terms are a little bit tough. Yeah. So bear with us on the terms because they're all made up. Portfolio riscopathy. So acute portfolio riscopathy, what is that? Well, patients afflicted with this this disease often see a significant volatility in their portfolio. And, you know, that can lead to upset stomachs, inability to sleep, a lot of anxiety. And we see that with with a lot of our prospects before they become clients. So what we're talking about here is when you get to a certain age, you start to think you get beat down by the media. You start thinking... I have to have too much risk. You start listening to the white noise. You turn on your television. You look at your phone. You, you can't get away from it in your car. Everywhere you turn, everybody's saying something's going to go wrong. And then you immediately think of retirement's right around the corner. What am I going to do? I know I've got a lot of risk in my portfolio. Something's going to go wrong and it's going to cost me my future. And, you know, a lot of people that are invested in a certain way, that really came to be in 2008. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you a quick story about uh, Lori, my wife's parents. They were starting to uh, have health issues and, and needed some help, and we were going to move them closer to us, and they were all for that. And Lori was going to a number of the senior living facilities in the Charlotte Rock Hill area and noticed they were all doing 
so much renovation, remodeling. And she finally asked one of the directors, what's going on here? I, I see this everywhere I go. And he said that so many people lost so much money when the market turned down in 2008, they can't afford the apartments like they are. We're having to make them smaller so more people can live in them. And as a matter of fact, you see that gentleman over there in the wheelchair, he can't afford the smaller apartments. He's got to go and live with his kids. Nobody should be invested that way where your, your livelihood, your home is put at risk. And, and what they, the way they were invested is liquidation. Okay, I'm going to invest you in stocks and bonds and to get your supplemental two or $3,000 a month, we're going to sell them. Well, when the market goes down 40, 50% and your nest egg is that much smaller, you still need your two or $3,000, but uh, you're scared to death that it's going to run out of money. And that's the problem with the fact that so many people believe that risk has to be taken to get revenue or they don't understand the relationship between risk management and income planning. And that's, that's something that we deal with on a day-to-day basis with our clients, helping them understand that the risk that you take in Wall Street or the market doesn't associate with any type of revenue or growth for that matter. No. All that you need to understand is you need to put a priority on income planning as much as you need a priority on risk planning because they're not the same thing. If you're looking at retirement and you're trying to figure out how to live in retirement and taking risk in retirement, that's not a risk adjustment question. That's an income planning question. And that needs to be the focus. How are you going to receive the income? How are you going to invest, not receive the income? How are you going to invest your money to generate income? So at some point in the future, you can receive that income and not worry about the ups and downs, volatility of the market. So that's, Acute portfolio riskopathy. Can't believe I got that out. That's that well. Yep. The second one is old fogies disease. Why did you look at me? <laughs> I was just laughing because it's just <laughs> a funny. It's a funny name. So this really deals with the cause of this disease are a lifelong span combined with poor planning. These are the people that will come into our office and try to convince us that they're going to die early. And when we do financial planning they'll look at the fact that we'll put up that they're going to live to 95 and they start chuckling going, I'm not going to live to 95. I'd be happy to get to 85. And instantly Charlie and I will look at them and I've got tons of thoughts that are going through my mind. And I'm thinking, are you saying that because everybody in your family dies early? Are you saying that because you're scared to live a long time? And the reality is most people are fearing they're going to live a long time, which ultimately gets them to the point of the fear of running out of I'm money. I'm going to run out of money. Yep. And most people, that's the number one concern in retirement is the fear that mm-hmm. they're going to live longer than their money lasts. And, and how do you deal with that? How do, you, how do you get to a point in your life where you know you've got to retire, you're close, or you feel you're behind the eight ball, you're staring that fear in the face and overcome it knowing you can't go back and make more money? That's right. And, and I think the media puts fear in people's hearts too, because what do you hear? Oh, they're on a fixed income and they have to choose between food and medicine. And, you know, you think about pensions and social security. Yeah. Those things might not increase as fast as inflation. Mm -hmm. So it's so important that from the rest of your nest egg, you create that income that you were just talking about. You create the income that you're going to need. And, uh, you know, we talk about plucking fruit off of our simplicity or cutting the limb off. Those are ways to, to generate the income. Well, liquidation, having to sell stocks, that's like lopping off 
A branch. The branch, yeah. the underlying income generator. Plucking the fruit, you still have the branch, the tree. It can continue to generate income. Well, if, if you're out there going and thinking in your mind, I'm one of those people, I'm fearing that I'm going to run out of money, the best thing you can do is build a plan. There's, there's no way to truly know if you're in danger of running out of money until you actually put together a plan. That's right. I, I can tell you, Charlie, I can tell you hundreds of stories where people come into our office and they're tail between the legs, fear, scared out of their mind going. It, it actually has happened with some current clients that mm -hmm. we didn't see for a year or two fearing that they didn't want to hear bad news from us because they couldn't save enough or they told us they were going to do X and they did Y. They and, it, yeah. and without, I mean, without rare exception, people come into our office fearing the worst only to hear it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And, and you should never live in fear that if you continue to live, you're going to run out of money. You won't know until you know. And the only way you're going to find out is, is by doing an actual plan. It doesn't have to be with us, but you need to build some form of plan. So the next up is inflation-itis. Inflation. Is that the fear of inflation? Well, this, this disease never exhibits noticeable symptoms at first and can actually go undetected for a while. You know, we used to call it the, what, a invisible giant or monster that can... The two-headed giant. It was yeah. second, it was the last one we're going to talk about is the other yeah, head of that. Because it, it causes the deterioration of your buying power. Your $100,000 today, $100,000 in, in 10 years, don't buy the same amount. Mm -hmm. You're just losing purchasing power, and, and you don't necessarily see that. Well, the big issue that I see with inflation is the fear that most people who are worried about inflation want to put every single dollar that they have to work. Now, there's nothing wrong with that in principle. You know, I've got a million dollars and, you know, I'm going to keep 50,000 in the bank or I'm going to keep 100,000 mm -hmm. in the bank. And the people that are concerned, some the person, the investor that's concerned about running out of money. Like, well, I can't keep anything in cash. I'll, I'll keep 5000 or $2,000. I can't keep anything in cash. And they're trying to deal with inflation and they're actually sidestepping a bigger fear, which is volatility or uncertainty going, well, what if there's something, my, my roof leaks and I've got a furnace break, I got to get a new car. And how am I going to get the money to do that? And you've put it all to work. Volatility hits, catastrophe hits in the economy. Now you're forced to make a decision you never wanted to make in the first place right. because you didn't want to have the emergency reserve account because you felt everything had to go to work. So one compounds the other, which compounds the first one. It really goes back to not knowing. Unless yeah. you have a plan that shows here, I've got this much in an emergency fund and I've got my income covered here. How do you know? And inflation's real. I mean, it's not going away. We're always going to have an inflation issue in America the reality is you plan around it. There are certain investment strategies that you can utilize that will help you reduce the effects of social or uh, the effects of inflation or, or social security issues or taxes or all the things that we're going to talk about risk, living longer planning will help you deal and address with every single one of them. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a timeout all right. and we're going to cut from all of this disease talk and trying to fix everybody's problem. And we're going to have some fun, break up the show a little bit, and we're going to do a game. So we've created a bunch of different games. And from week to week, they're, they're different games that you're going to hear on the show. 
the first one that we're going to do, well, we're going to uh, pull out the wheel we're gonna, and we're, let's see what it's going to be. Every week, in order to decide what game, we've got 10 really fun games that we're going to be playing. Uh, one a week, not every time. Uh, but we're going to spin a wheel, see what what, what game, game it lands it, on, yeah. and then we'll, and uh, we'll have some fun. Contrary to your opinion out there, this is not the wheel that we use to pick the stocks that we hold, okay? No, no, Just nothing so, like that. That's okay. a different wheel. That's all a different wheel, exactly. Yeah. All right, so ready? Let's Charlie, go. why don't you spin the wheel? All right. Round and round she goes. And where is it going to stop? Ah, ah. Hot seat. Hot seat. The hot seat. So how this game works is we are going to come up with a question and we're going to put each other on the hot seat to answer this question. Now, the question that we're going to talk about today is, is a challenging one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it, here's the question. You need $50,000 for a daughter's wedding. Okay, I picked yeah, the daughter's yeah, wedding. You so yeah, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. More on that in a minute. Where are you going to take that money from? You're going to take it from a 401k? You're going to okay. take it from a Roth? Okay. Or you're going to take it from a home equity? All having issues, no matter how you That's decide. Right. So what I'd like to do here before you answer, let's talk it out. And I'm putting you on the hot seat and you're going to put me on the, even though I don't have a daughter, I have three sons. Charlie does have a daughter. Just walk Just through this. got married. This summer. That's unbelievable. That's right. So. What are the pros and cons of taking money for a 401k or for a wedding from a 401k, a Roth, or a home equity? The positives or the negatives? The 401k, yes. you are borrowing the money essentially from yourself. Do you have to pay it back? But you will have to pay it back. If, what if you don't? If you lose your job, you either pay it back right away or it will be considered a distribution. Which could, depending on your age, could... Have an additional 10% penalty on it. Okay, so... There's a danger. There's a danger there. What about a Roth? You're just spending your money out of your Roth. Can you take money out of a Roth before 59 and a half? You can take all of your contributions out of the Roth without any penalty, without any... And the issue that you'll run into with the Roth, even though it's accessible without a penalty, at least the principal that you put in, but it, it has to be in there after five years. Five years. So there is an exception there. At 59 and a half and for the and earnings half. to be Correct. tax rate. Yep. The issue that you're going to run with the Roth is we're at the lowest set of tax brackets in U.S. history. And you're basically, you might have put that money in 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you're taking it out today. And you're losing all of the benefits of why you built that account that's right. for the first place. So that's a temporary fix to pay for a wedding today. A huge potential conflict of tax strategy get it refunded back to that level you can't you can. well you're capped yeah. in how much you can put back in exactly. you can't just say hey i want to put the 50 grand back you exactly. can't do that exactly. so we got 401k potential dangers you got roth dangers which are totally different it's types different, of danger yep, yep. and then you got the home equity home equity what do we got there well you you could be putting your home at risk if you can't pay that back correct you do have some advantages in that the, your home is an asset that you're, you're essentially borrowing against. So you're going to have to pay it back. You're going to have to pay back with interest. Well, yeah. Unlike the other two, the 401k, you technically would pay yourself interest. Yeah. The Roth, you do not have to pay back. The home equity, you're taking a loan out, a line of credit, an actual mm-hmm. mortgage, depending on how you do it. You'd have to pay that back with interest. And that interest is not payable to yourself. It's payable to somebody else. Right. This might be the easiest money to get to but be the most expensive money that you borrow. 
Now, here's the problem. You don't have the $50,000 for your daughter's wedding. You need the $50,000. You can take it from a 401k. You can take it from a Roth, or you can take it from the home equity. I just got nervous because I know I'm going to have to answer in a few minutes. That's right. And my temperature just went up because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to answer You're here. You're a little flushed there. I am I definitely. I got a little warm. So why don't you go put you on the hot seat here? You just walked through this, although I think your situation was different. I want you to talk personally. You have to take it from one of these three accounts. What are you doing? I'm going with the home equity. Why? I think Roth is the last place I would go. Okay, so Roth was the lowest priority yeah. because it had the biggest consequence, right? Yes, that's right. For you. Although this is tough because I, we think a lot of the like, so my, I, I should have went first. I'm you, sorry. I took I'm not already stealing all your trouble. answers. Yeah. All right. So Roth was asked, why didn't you do the 401k? I just think the fear of losing your job, you, you've got to pay it back right away. Home mm-hmm. equity, you can stretch that out for a period of time. So I, I'm looking at time on my side. You know, you, you lose your job and you can't pay back your 401k. You might be having to sell your house mm-hmm. anyway. So I'm, I'm sticking with the home equity. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hot seat, dude. Let's go. All right. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board. Roth is definitely the last place I would take money out. Um, the 401k is pretty tough to take money out of it because you wouldn't very few people. I mean, we've been in this business a long time and I've only seen maybe one or two clients ever pay back in full money. They take out of the 401k. And it's, I've seen dozens, probably over a hundred people take money out of their 401k and only a, a handful, less than a handful of money. Of, and they're paying of, it all back. Yeah, paid it all back. Uh, that just tells you this, the, the reality of it is you're just not going to do it. And you're going to pay for that mm-hmm. so much more because it's going to be a distribution. You have all the issues with that. And some people just kind of shrug their heads like, well, I paid for my daughter's wedding and I would never want to put myself in that situation. So like you, I'd pick the home equity. I think it has the most advantages. Although, let me be clear here. I would hope I planned ahead. I'm in the planning business, so I hope I planned ahead and would have had the 50 grand. But if I had to get money from somewhere, I would have picked the home equity. If uh, you had three daughters and not three sons, you might have planned ahead, but about number two, you'd be running low. So, <laughs> so sometimes you sometimes you can't you got, plan around that. You don't have that, a choice, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to our actual show here. And uh, we're going to talk about the third. Number four. 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 Nursing homatosis. Wait, wait. The first three. So acute portfolio riscopathy. Yep. Old fogies disease. You looked at me again. I did not. (laughs) They can't see my eyes. Don't lie. The third one was inflationitis. And now we're going to talk about. Nursing homatosis. Patients suffering from this may experience the rapid deterioration of their wealth due to exorbitant nursing home or assisted living expenses. So the question is, how can you prevent something like that? Long-term care is one of those items that we deal with, I'd say, on almost a daily basis. It comes up in conversation all the time with clients. It goes almost back to your first story you shared mm-hmm. with us earlier. This is one of those things. As a financial professional, I I can't stand this conversation because long-term care is so expensive and the coverage for long-term care is so expensive that if you plan for it and do traditional long-term care and don't need it, you've just wasted. You just make yourself sick. Oh, with the awful. You put then it. if you don't do it and, and you it. need long-term care, you've done shot yourself in the foot. 
no matter how I give advice, I have a 50% chance that I'm going to get it wrong. And that's a tough spot to be in as a planner. So how do you deal with long-term care to, to truly help somebody plan for it and get over that nursing home atosis diagnosis? Well, the, the chances of one of the two spouses needing some sort of nursing home or long-term care money is, mm-hmm. is pretty large. Uh, not everyone that, that we talk to even wants to talk about it. It seems like it's just the people that have experienced firsthand uh, a loved one needing some sort of nursing home care or, or extended care. But, you know, there's, there's different types of, I call it hybrid insurance policies these days. Alternative, alternative long-term care. Yeah, yeah. that can, can help pay for the long-term care where there's some cost to it, but it's nothing like traditional long-term care. And it does provide uh, a death benefit as well as should you need the long-term care, maybe some enhanced benefits. So just to draw closure to this, there the entire long-term care industry has turned itself over. The traditional long-term care coverage, they're really down to like just a handful of companies. Three or four companies that still They're very that. expensive. The whole industry is pretty much killed off. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's done. Now we've got all these alternative scenarios and solutions for consumers to figure out if they're, if they're right for them. And there's yeah. a lot of options here. And some of them are duly purposed. Some would be you put money into the product A or strategy A. And if you go into long-term care, you have a, a some form of benefit. And if you don't, and you pass away or when you pass away, your loved ones are going to get that benefit yep. as a tax-free, you know, uh, death benefit for them. There are dual concepts today in today's environment that can really work. But again, you still have to plan around it and make sure that you, whatever decision you're making is the right decision for you. But just know traditional long-term care coverage, I mean, less than probably 1% of 10, you know, of, of any time would it actually make sense. Most of it would be alternative. Yeah. And, and because people are living so much longer these days, even in nursing homes, that's why these companies had to, to quit offering mm-hmm. traditional. So let, uh, let's talk about this last one, which is Uncle Sam syndrome. wonder what they're talking, what we're well, going to talk about here. Who's Uncle Sam? So this has about? everything to do with tax, tax, and tax. There's only... What's that? How's that phrase go? There's only two things in life. Two that sure certain, things. Two sure things. Death, death and, and taxes. Oh, taxes. So the, I, Charlie and I totally believe that the two biggest enemies that you've got to fight in retirement, first we've already talked about is inflation. The second one is taxes. And Uncle Sam syndrome here is that Uncle Sam's going to tax you literally to death and there's nothing you can do to fight that. And, and that can't be further from the truth. And, and I think Uncle Sam's done a, I don't know if it was just Uncle Sam, but the market itself and what we've learned growing up, you know, fully fund your qualified plans, your IRAs, your 401ks. You're not going to need as much income when you're older. You're not going to be earning as much. So they lead you to believe, oh, it's better to defer every tax you possibly can now rather than, than pay anything. And Paul, taxes today are just about as low as they've been since taxes started. You know, one of the biggest aspects um, to simplicity is what we call your principal tax concern. 
Now, Simplicitry, if you don't know, is the planning process that we take our clients through. The principal tax concern segment of that planning tool helps you, helps helps us as financial advisors understand how much tax is going to be due and the distribution phase of retirement. So as you're spending money out of 401ks and IRAs, you're going to know firsthand the consequences that are staring you in the face, the, the taxes that you're, you're liable to pay. Your 401ks and IRAs aren't your, it's not all your money. That's held jointly with the IRS. And you've got to deal with the consequences of that joint account with the IRS. So one of the things that you're going to want to understand in dealing with tax and tax planning is having a way to strategically see if you can reduce it. That may or may not be the case that you can. You just might not be in a situation where you can. At least you want to be in the know of, are there any ways that on your tax forms, your tax returns, you can reduce? Are there ways that you can strategically plan to reduce your taxes? And if not, you at least want to know what your taxes yeah. are going to be looking forward. So how much money is going to be left over for you to spend in retirement? You'll feel pretty foolish if you don't know. Yeah, there might not be anything that you can do, but if there is, and then once time runs out that you can do something, you'll, you'll feel really bad about the amount of uh, taxes you could have saved because every dollar in tax you save is a dollar in your pocket. Right. That's the real money. Absolutely. So just, just uh, to re- recoup everything that we talked about here, acute portfolio riskopathy, which is dealing with risk in your portfolio, old fogies disease, which is making sure you plan to not run out of money, inflation-itis, and the last one we just talked about, Uncle Sam's syndrome, deal with the two biggest issues, in my opinion, that you've got to fight and plan around, which is inflation and taxation. And the last one, which was number four, was nursing home atosis, which is dealing with how to plan around uh, long-term care. So hopefully you enjoyed the show today. If you need any help with any of the issues that we talked about, or want to talk to us personally about any of these in your situation, you can always reach out, call us uh, 704-529-9500 or reach us through our website, insightfolios.com. Other than that, Charlie, I think I'm out of words today. I'm done. I'm done too. too. So thanks, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Now for our fast talking fine print. The information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a SEC-registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is notice-filed or is excluded or exempted from notice-filing requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through Durso Capital Management Company. Insight Folios, Inc. and Durso Capital Management Company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul Alderso and Charles B. Bowers Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios, Inc. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.